0: And now it's time for a view from mainland China. Welcome, Brock Silvers, Chief Investment Officer at Kyun Capital. Good morning, Brock. Hey, good morning. Good to be with you again. I, it's, I'm delighted to meet you again, Brock. Anyway, let's focus on a very meaty question today, which I wouldn't be surprised if it took our full eight minutes. What are the key issues you think are ahead for China's economy in 2024? And how do you feel the government should be aiming to handle them? Over to you, Brock.
1: Right. Well, look, China, I think we'll see both some good and bad news in 2024, lots of volatility. On the bright side, nothing's imploding. There is growth. There is a trade surplus. However, I remain somewhat bearish because I think there are a few issues uh, that are likely to dominate the economic news in the, in the coming year. The greatest one of these, I think, is solvency. Um, look, let's just run through a, a, a bit of the factors that are worrying me here. LGFBs as a group are fairly insolvent. A year ago, they had about 80 trillion yuan in debt, 11 trillion plus USD. Three-quarters of that is interest-bearing. Most of it's held by domestic banks. Um, 65, 650-some uh, billion USD will come due this year. Almost, almost none of the LGFBs have positive cash flow that can that can pay down interest. So we're looking at massive write-downs or restructuring. Now, Local governments themselves, dependent on land sales, that has really tanked. um, And many local governments have kind of broken finances. Developer debt, an approaching tsunami. We have 2024 maturing or puttable debt of more than $100 USD, while home sales are predicted to continue to drop another 5% this coming year. Um, So full repayment there is unrealistic.
0: So can I just ask, uh, Brock, do you think – the national government might step in and help the LGFBs?
1: Well, I think they're going to have to do something. But the the problem is that collectively all of these different um, insolvency issues are, 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 amount to a huge problem, and the government can't backstop everyone. Yeah. So that's where the issue is. Now, we have an emerging problem with shadow banks. Uh, you know, the Jones bankruptcy is just the beginning. Yeah. So, That's coming down the road. We also have some things that are less discussed. You know, Belt and Road, China has $1.1 USD in Belt and Road debt that's owed to it. A good deal of that is already highly distressed, unlikely to be repaid in full. So between the LGFEs, the local governments, the developers, the shadow banks, Belt and Road debt, I mean, I just think at some point in 2024, we're going to have to ask ourselves, on the whole— is China still solvent, and the federal, the, the the national government is going to have to come up with a larger plan that effectively kind of restructures the the economic model, and that's going to generate, I think, tremendous uh, volatility in the coming year.
0: So the Belt and Road Initiative, though, I mean that's quite high risk. Surely the government would take into account that high risk and the fact that. Um, a lot of it might not be paid back on time.
1: Look, that may have even that may or may not have been the original intent. But where we are now is that if if that if those funds don't get repaid, there are banks that are going to have to account for that right now, hmm. and that's where the problem starts. So hmm. the banks are already a bit wobbly. But each of these problems that I've listed sort of has a potential impact on bank finances.
0: How do you see domestic demand going?
1: Well, look, again, on the bright side, nothing in China is imploding. There, there is domestic demand. Um, a lot of times we can get wrapped up in the negative news, and, and it sort of overtakes our mindset. And that's not really the, 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 the case here. However, um, you know, look, where's growth in China going to come from? The old growth model has ended, and that high-growth version isn't coming back. It was really driven by this easy credit to developers and, you know, and LGFs for infrastructure projects. So if real estate was generating a third of GDP growth and now that's gone, what's going to replace it? And to think that the Chinese consumer is just going to suddenly and mysteriously come up and, and fill that void is, is I think, unrealistic. Uh-huh. Um, so, again, we're not imploding. But I would say my base case is sub 5% growth for the next several years, perhaps five years out, we're going to be looking at sub 5% growth.
0: Yeah, which is a lot lower than the traditional growth. How about That's foreign right. investment, Brock?
1: Well, investability is is another uh, theme that I think is going to come even more to the fore in 2024. Um, look. The regulatory state has has been erratic from a from an offshore investor point of view for the last several years. Investors don't know what to do with uh, data, national security, due diligence, regulatory crackdown, tech war, etc. Et um, while you had super hypercharged growth, I think some investors would still be tempted. But now in this new lower growth era, capital has been fleeing, and it's going to take I think greater flexibility than we've seen so far in terms of, uh, you know, bureaucratic action um, in order to re-engage with with Western investment. And I'm not sure that that's going to happen in the coming year.
0: I mean, most of the regulations that have come out so far have been in the tech sector, but do you see that spreading to any other sectors?
1: Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not sure that I do. Uh, The only way in my mind that really starts to spread is if the economy starts to do worse. The more trouble the economy feels it's in, um, the, the greater the need for foreign investment. And I don't think we're there yet.
0: Okay. Do you see China this year catching up in the AI space or advanced chip technology?
1: Well, they clearly would love to do so. But I think that the, the tech war as a whole continues to gain momentum. Um, and I would think we'll see even more battling between the U.S. and China over, uh, over the growth and development of tech sectors. So China wants to do this. I think they will find money to support those goals, but, it, but it's uh, easier said than done.
0: Okay. Can I ask something quite specific? Because it was in the news today, Brock. Um, Iran is hiking its oil price for China and reducing its flow. Uh, Could that impact the economy or is it really too small of an impact?
1: Look, it's not good news for China, but it's also, I think, uh, not a major impact. You know, China does have energy concerns. They are working diligently towards a higher level of energy self-sufficiency, but they're clearly not there yet. Um, but but inflation is not really the worry in China. There's more concern with deflation than inflation.
0: OK, well, that was a fascinating whirlwind ride through 2024 there, Brock. Thank you so much. That's Brock sure, Silvers. Glad to be here. Thank you. Brock Silvers, Chief Investment Officer at KUN Capital.